0: Sunday morning to you. We have a busy show ahead, and I'll tell you about that in just a moment. It's for say it is Sunday, February 19th of 2023, and Isaac, do you know what national days we are celebrating today?
1: I do not. Let me know.
0: It's National Arabian Horse Day. And as a horse lover, I'll tell you, that excites me. It's nothing more beautiful than those Arabian Steeds. And it's also National Chocolate Mint Day, which I think probably makes you very happy. And delicious. (laughs) All right, let's take a look at history for the day. In 1807, uh, at the time, he was a former vice president, Aaron Burr. He was arrested in Alabama and tried and acquitted on charges of treason. Also on this day, in 1864, the Knights of Pythias were founded. They were, that was in Washington, D.C. Also in 1878, Thomas Thomas Alva Edison patented a music player, later known to be a Record player, later known to be a a CD, and now, of course, it's just digital music. In In 1942, President Roosevelt signed an executive order giving the military the authority to relocate and intern Japanese Americans. On that same day, in 1942, the New York Yankees announced they'd admit... 5000 uniformed servicemen free to each and every one of their home ball games during that season. It was on this day in 1945 that 30,000 Marines landed on Iwo-, Iwo Jima leading to the end of World War II. In 1963, the Soviet Union informed President Kennedy it would withdraw several thousand troops in Cuba ending that crisis that took place. In 1981, Ford Motor Company announced the loss of $1.5 billion. I mean, we're talking about real money there. In 1985, William Schroeder became the first artificial heart patient to leave a hospital. Also on this day in in 1985, here's one for you, Isaac. Cherry Coke was introduced. Ooh, yum. Yum. Yeah, up to that point, you know, you could only get that at Soda Fountains, which I'm sure you never heard of. In 1986, the Soviet Union launched the Mir Space Station, and also on this day, um, in 2005, The USS Jimmy Carter was commissioned. It was the last of the Seawolf class of attack submarines. And, of course, we are watching the condition of former President Carter today. And if anything happens, we will certainly break in and let you know what that is. Let's take a look at who was born on February 19th, going way back to 1473. Polish astronomer Nicolaus Copernicus was born. Also... Eddie Arcaro, a great jockey. He won two triple crowns. Author Carson McCullers was born on this day. She wrote The Member of the Wedding. And also, actor Lee Marvin was born on this day in 1924. And, oh, if you were around in the 60s, you know who this guy is. Lou Christie was born on this day in 1943. Try every
2: trick in the book With every, every step
0: that you take Everywhere that you everywhere Just go Just that you well known for his falsetto songs. <laughs> and uh, let's see, author Amy Tan was born on this day in 1952. Jeff Daniels was born in 1955. Prince Andrew is celebrating a birthday. He's 63 years old today. And also born on this day in 1963, the singer Seal. was that from i batman Batman, which one which batman i don't
2: know
1: that Ah,
0: yeah see it was the first one that was with val kilmer playing batman who replaced michael keaton who's going to be back this summer as batman also born on this day benicio de toro the actor and two actresses justine bateman you remember her from family ties Haley duff from seventh heaven and also um from Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, backup singer Bobby Rogers was born on this day in 1940. And also on that day, Smokey Robinson himself was born and he's 83 years old today. Now if there's a smile on my face,
3: it's only there trying to fool the public.
0: I don't know if you've seen, I think it's on show. Time, Hitsville, the making of, Movi- of Motown. Smokey Robinson's on that quite a bit with Barry Gordy. What a great documentary! You can keep playing that one, Isaac. I like that song. Uh, and uh, it's it, really, if you haven't had a chance to see that, and you're a Motown fan, very interesting documentary. All right, we've got a busy show ahead. Michelle Reinen is going to be here with the top ten consumer p- complaints in Wisconsin for the past year. Can you guess which one was number one? Also, we're going to talk with WTMJ's Brian Snyder about Aaron's darkness retreat and also did the brewers really win the corbin burns arbitration dwayne Dudek is here he has a he has news about a new play it's playing locally and it's about bambi Benbenek. remember her mark cass is going to take a look at stories involving local sports teams there were some puppies found this week in a forest in Mequon. we're going to have more about that also Do you know what happens when you swallow a Lego? Isaac's here pushing those buttons. Finn Askin is in the newsroom. And in just two minutes, it's Dominic Catronio with sports right now. It is 37 degrees at 813 on WTMJ.
4: Stop me if you've heard this one before. Wisconsin struggles on offense and falls in a close contest. That was the script again on a busy Saturday from Madison. The Badgers fall 58-57 to Rutgers with only three points scored in the final five minutes. Head coach Greg Gard. We need, we need everybody producing.
1: It's great for what Jordan and Kamari did off the bench, but... Obviously, we, you know, you have to be able to get production in other areas.
4: UW is now seven and nine in Big Ten play with only four games to go. Shout out to the Wisconsin hockey teams, though, in Madison taking care of business on the ice. First, the sixth-ranked women pull an overtime upset over number one Ohio State, six to five, and the men defeat Michigan State, six to two. Speaking of Michigan State. Saturday were the first events for MSU Athletics since Monday's shooting in East Lansing that left three students dead and five others injured. The tragedy put a damper on the rivalry matchup with MSU in Michigan. Tonight
1: is filled with emotion, solidarity, coming together as one,
4: putting the rivalry aside. Those words pregame from Fox Sports Gus Johnson Michigan would win the game 84-72. Elsewhere in college basketball, the Milwaukee Panthers struggle again on the road, this time against Robert Morris, falling 80 to 60 and losing back-to-back conference games for the first time this year. And everyone knows the name Mac McClung now. The unassuming guard dominates the NBA dunk contest and maybe saves the event in the process. Three of his four dunks were perfect 50s, and he nailed each on the first attempt. As for the rest of All-Star Saturday festivities, the Kumpo brothers, plus Drew Holiday, finished third out of three in the Skills Challenge. Damian Lillard wins the three-point contest, rocking a Weber State jersey, his alma mater for the home state crowd. The NBA All-Star game between Team Giannis and Team LeBron is tonight at 6.30 on TNT. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports.
0: Thanks a lot, Dominic. It's 37 degrees at 817. We're going to have your full forecast. And also, Mark Has is going to be joining us. He has some news about some local sports teams and things going on business-wise with them. It's all ahead right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, we're waking up to sunshine this morning, uh, and those temperatures are not going to be too bad. We're going to get up to about 46 degrees, in some areas around southeastern Wisconsin might actually hit 50 degrees today. You'll see some clouds coming in later on in the day, though, and then it's going to be cloudy overnight with 28 for a low. Tomorrow, those clouds take over with a high of 40 degrees, and late in the day, a chance of a light Mix, yeah, you know what that one means. On Tuesday, we've got partly cloudy skies. It'll be breezy, a chance of snow in the afternoon and a high of 35. Then Wednesday, staying chilly at 34 for a high with a chance of wintry mix, cloudy and windy. Right now in Oak Creek, it's 37 degrees. Brookfield is 37. Cedarburg's at 37. And we have 38 degrees at WTMJ at 820. And we're going to check in at this time with Mark Cass. He's the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Mark, there are quite a few stories related to sports around the area this morning. Let's start with American Family Field. What's been the reaction in the business community to Governor Evers' proposal to contribute $290 million? And do you think that means that the Brewers are going to stay in the area until at least 2043?
5: This one's interesting. I've heard a lot of positive reaction from the mainstream business community. A lot of people are talking about the economic impact of the Brewers. A lot of us talking about having the stadium and how important that is. On the other hand, you know, if you read Twitter and you see the emails I've been getting, there's a lot of negativity out there too, a lot of opposition. A lot of people unhappy about the ownership of the Brewers in terms of spending over the last couple years, in terms of not making the playoffs. I mean, a lot of issues are unrelated to this, but of course are being brought up here. So this one is going to be interesting. There's no doubt it's going to create a lot of debate. You saw it from the Republicans already who immediately said no to the Evers proposal, but we're open to other proposals, so I think this is going to play out in the next couple of months. I think it's going to be contentious. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff thrown at the wall. I don't know if you remember the last time this happened. It was the 1990s. It took us six years to get this done. Hopefully, it won't take us six years this time. Hopefully, it will get done, and then it'll secure the Brewers here through 2043. But in the meantime, it's going to get really interesting because sports stadiums overall throughout the country, there's a lot of negativity around them now in terms of public money. We saw it in Milwaukee, saw it in Green Bay. Each of those projects was approved in the end. Hopefully, it will be here. But I think it's going to be a long road.
0: We have- Speaking of which, you mentioned Green Bay around Lambeau Field. They've done right. a lot of development. You've seen it around yep. Fiserv Forum. We heard that they were going to do it around American Family Field, but what's happened to all of that proposal?
5: You know, been highly successful in Green Bay, no doubt anybody who's gone to a game up there has seen the hotel I've seen the sledding hill. I've seen the restaurants. All that has occurred. For those of us who live in downtown Milwaukee, we see it every day, what's going on around the arena in terms of the restaurants, the hotel that's going to open soon, other things that have gone on. And over the past six months to a year, there's been talk about it out at AmFam Field. Can it happen? You have a lot of parking lots there. A lot of them obviously are used a lot of times a year, but not every day. Is there a chance to work with that along with some property right to the south in West Milwaukee? Could they have a hotel out there? Could they do restaurants? Could they do retail? What could they do? And could that money be used to help with this project? I think there are a number of individuals on the county board, aldermen, who are thinking about that. The brewers, for their part, have said they are open to it, but we've not seen any progress on this. Libby, it'd be interesting to see if that comes up during this debate and whether somebody tries to say, okay, we'll allow you this if we see some action on that item.
0: What happened to the indoor golf at AmFam? How's that doing?
5: Indoor golf is going. It's up and running. Owned by the brewers, though. That's a brewer operation. The brewers were able to add certain things in stadiums. I've heard great things about it. It seems to be going well. But something like that, maybe on the outside, something in the parking lot. Is there a chance to do some sort of restaurant, outdoor restaurants, retail, you know, things that have. Worked in other cities and have worked in Milwaukee.
0: All right, let's turn to the Milwaukee Bucks. They're launching a Bucks in Six clothing yeah. line. Tell us all about it. You got your hoodie, don't
5: you? You got your hoodie. <laughs> I can tell you're already wearing your hoodie. You got your hoodie. You got your hat You got your glasses. You're all set. I can tell.
0: <laughs> well, let's hope that Giannis's wrist gets a lot better yes. very quickly yes. too. Where else are you seeing them trying to expand their business? This
5: is a really smart move. That was a huge saying. It still is. The Bucks. something that really has worked well, came from, I believe it was 2012 with Brandon Jennings, coined that phrase, and it's been great for them. It's a chance for them to make more money. It's always about that, right? A chance to expand their brand. Really seeing them do that, seeing them trying that in other areas. I think you saw that with the chicken. They have their own restaurant up in Mequon where they sell chicken tenders. They've been really successful. So they're trying other things because any sports team tries to expand how much money they can make outside of just the team. You know, you saw with the Brewers, we were just talking about a few with golf. Having that out there, you've seen it up in Green Bay with what's going on around the stadium. These sports teams are always trying to expand revenue so they're not only reliant on attendance and how much you and I drink at the games, right?
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. You bet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you hey. said, you kind of paused there. I wasn't yeah, I sure what your reaction was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> Well, you know, we watched the game, the big Super Bowl on Sunday. A lot of people were happy with the turnout of the game. And it was a lot more exciting than I thought it was going to be particularly towards the end. But you know what? A lot of the commercials, I think, disappointed people. What about that Molson Coors ad? I got to tell you, I missed it. What did they do? Oh, my God.
5: How'd you miss it? It was actually right before halftime. Good ad. I thought it was well played for 30-second ad. They were able to get three of their brands in. They got Miller Lite, they got Coors Light, and they got Blue Moon all in 30 seconds. I thought it was well done. It's gotten some really nice reaction here locally and across the country. And again, for them to be active in the game again is a huge deal. I mean, after 30 years of not having an ad in the Super Bowl, overall, I kind of thought the commercials were okay. They were aimed at me. It seemed like a lot of 80s and 90s kind of stars were in it. Some of them I liked, some of them I didn't. What was your number one ad, Libby?
0: I like the one with P. Diddy in it.
5: Okay, that was a good. one. I like the rock star ad from the workday, you know, calling everybody a rock star. I thought oh, I yeah. like that. I also like, because I'm going to show how old I am here, I like the one with Serena Williams and Caddyshack. I mean, I love Caddyshack. I thought it was fun. I really wish it would have included Bill Murray. But okay, you know, I thought it was fun rehash of that really good movie with a great star.
0: Well, I think the highlight for me had to be Michael Keaton saying, I'm Batman.
5: <laughs> yeah, that, that, I got to admit, I was surprised. My wife and I looked at each other and said, He's back? What the heck? I missed that.
0: I love it. All right. Well, finally, the Milwaukee Auto Show is going to open next Saturday. What is the state of the auto industry in southeastern Wisconsin? And are people finally able to buy the cars they want?
5: Really, I think it's slow. From what I've heard from a lot of my friends who have tried to buy cars recently, I have a good friend who's just in an auto accident. He's trying to replace a car. He said there are very few cars in a lot. He really got to work hard to get them. I think the other thing I'm hearing from people is sticker shock. The fact that inflation has driven up car prices and obviously not having enough has driven the them up to really high levels. A lot of us aren't really ready for that yet. I think over time that'll get better as we see the supply chain really improve. I think that'll be better. I think the auto show last year, I remember, I was shocked at the number of cars on the floor. Not nearly as many as have been in the past, maybe not as many other brands either. Really surprised at that. Hopefully that's improved this year. There are more options. I know a lot of us have kind of held on to our cars, hoping this thing will ride out and we can end up with a new car. But it'll be interesting to see what it looks like there and if they're willing to sell cars at a reasonable price over the next few months. Yeah.
0: Well, are the rumors true, Mark, that you've got that Ferrari on order?
5: You know, I'm going to use your Lexus first. <laughs> I'm going to borrow your Lexus for a couple of days just to see how it goes. And then maybe <laughs> I'll either go Lexus or Ferrari. I'm not sure
0: yet. Uh, try a Buick. All right. Let's...
5: <laughs> <laughs> or try an AMC Honda. <laughs> I can't believe you have an AMC Honda still. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah Well, yeah, one of those flat ones. Hey, listen, Mark, as <laughs> always, it is so good to talk with you.
5: Always good to talk to you. Have a great week.
0: I think there's any more of those lime green, uh, I think they were gremlins. Weren't those made by AMC? I wonder if there's any of those around anymore. All right, it's 827. We're at 38 degrees at WTMJ. And welcome back to Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. Coming up this half hour, we're going to be talking with entertainment critic Dwayne Dudik. Um, Do you remember that case about Bambi Benbenek, you know, the police officer who's well, may or may not have murdered somebody, and then she ran away, and then she was on the run. Well, there's a play about her, and Duane's going to be telling us about that. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. We had quite a week, and it was a final call for a fallen officer. There was a possible state bucks for the brewers and a biennial budget buzz, and so much more. It's a week of reviews sponsored to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited.
5: Get nuts. Let's get nuts.
1: Three, two, one.
6: Let's...
0: The Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. It
7: didn't come from one person. Everybody said we had to step our game up. Man, one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to take it home this year. Not a single one. Next time the Chiefs say something with some respect on our name.
5: Airspace over northeastern Wisconsin was closed on Sunday just before U.S. military jets shot down that unidentified object over Lake Huron. The missile landed
6: harmlessly in the water of Lake Huron.
7: I expect to be speaking with President Xi. We are going to get to the bottom of this. I make no apologies for taking down that balloon.
6: A visitation underway in Brookfield for fallen Milwaukee police officer Peter Jerving, A hero is
1: an ordinary person who faces extraordinary challenges with courage, honor, and self sacrifice. Prepare for the final call for squad 4320.
3: Officer Peter Jerving, badge number 3422. No response from squad 4320.
4: People gathering along the procession route to pay their respects. Everybody takes them for granted, as far as I'm concerned. The Heart
2: of Harmony Barbershop Quartet. I will smile
1: all the while you're by my side.
2: State surplus money could be used to help maintain American family fields, so says the governor's office. To be cash, it'd be sitting in an account, earn interest, and would basically help pay for work on the stadium. Maybe in the end it's the
8: right solution. I have to say I doubt it, but I don't know that today because I don't have all the facts. Bringing people together and generating a consensus is the way that this should have been done.
6: It was a nasty fight in a school hallway Tuesday afternoon. Wauwatosa School District confirmed an adult parent was involved in what started as a verbal altercation and then got physical. We like sports and we
4: don't care who knows. Holiday launches up a three-quarter court, Three and he
5: hits
7: it. Thank you very much. He's going all the way to the basket. He missed. The oh, he got it in. He got the in. in with 1.6 left. No, I have no problem with Ian Rappaport, Schefter. I think they really get their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know. You are now on the inside of what I like to call the Burns family circle of trust.
2: Helicopter,
7: helicopter!
2: Milwaukee Mitchell International Airport says it is responding to noise complaints regarding a new helicopter tour near the corner of Howell and Layton. The
3: Wisconsin Fugitive Task Force arrested 114 offenders and cleared 213 warrants. The Honorable Tony Evers! Governor Evers began his biennial
9: budget message in the Assembly Chambers Wednesday night on a positive note.
8: We begin this biennium in the best fiscal position we've ever been. I have
2: seen this movie before, produced and directed by by Tony Evers. Cut! Cut!
3: Cut! Looking at anywhere from six to eight inches of snow. If you're snowed in today, there may be an alternative to digging yourself out. Plows and mows, both with
7: a Z. To get an instant price, um, you know you know exactly what you're going to pay. It gets dispatched out to the closest snow plow professional. Let's get right to the roads, which have been a mess, Debbie.
3: It is a
0: nightmare, John. Um, and there are a lot of people that are not heeding the warnings. There are people that are driving way too fast for the conditions.
6: Why is everyone so stupid? What a week.
0: Wait a minute.
6: Did you
9: forget
0: about me? Well, the good news is some of that snow is going to melt today because we're going to get up to 46 degrees. In some areas, we may even hit 50. We'll have your forecast. And uh, also, what happens? When you swallow a Lego, it's all I had on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News 839. Waking up to some sunshine on this Sunday morning. Kind of refreshing after all that snow this week. Our temperatures are going to get up to around 46 degrees. Some areas might even hit 50, if you can believe that. Bad news is those clouds are going to be moving in later on today. And then it's going to be mostly cloudy overnight with a low of 28. Tomorrow looks mostly cloudy. Chance of some light mix of snow and rain late in the day tomorrow with a high of 40. Tuesday, partly cloudy. Breezy, a chance of evening snow down to about 35. Wednesday, yeah, a chance of wintry mix, cloudy, windy, 34. And Thursday, another wintry mix day, likely, with breezy winds and a high of 37. Right now in Mequon, 38. Racine has 38. O'Connor walks at 37. And we're up to 38 degrees at WTMJ at 842. All right, Isaac. Did you have Legos when you were a kid or maybe even you still have Legos libby i'm
1: a I'm a 24 year old man and I get so excited anytime I get a new Lego set to this day I love well,
0: them well let me let me ask you so you grew up with them did you ever swallow a Lego
1: I did not I uh, mostly built them
0: okay well and, and I would think most kids do but apparently swallowing Legos is a thing now don't try this at home but Apparently in Australia, six doctors swallowed Lego heads for science. All right. Go on. They did it deliberate they, they they did this deliberately. Doctor Andy Tagg says, well, this was all spurred because when he was a toddler, he swallowed a Lego head. Actually it was two of them that were stuck together. He says he, he recalls when he was little, he said, just put it in your mouth and try to get your teeth between the little pieces. And he says the next thing he knew, it well, he swallowed it. Now, he is now an emergency room physician. And he says you would not believe the number of parents who come in or call whose children have swallowed Legos. And he says the, the good news is the vast majority of kids simply... um. Well, they pass. They pass the Lego. But he wanted to make sure this was actually going to happen. So he found five other doctors, and all six of them swallowed the Legos. Now, this was done for science. This was done for science. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. is dedication
1: Mm -hmm. to the research.
0: And yeah, well, you know what they found out in that research? That most foreign objects. Um, well, they they eventually come out, but the biggest thing they found is that there's an aversion to searching when it does come out if you get my drift.
1: I suppose that uh, that part's not too pleasant.:
0: Yeah, no, and they say that most parents have that same that same squeamish feeling. took six doctors to figure that one out. I say, if you think your kid's going to swallow a Lego, don't buy him a set to begin with. All right, we're coming up to 8.45, and in just a minute, it's Dominic Catronio in sports. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News.
4: Wisconsin men's basketball could not buy a bucket, especially Connor Asesian, and company. They fall 58-57 to Rutgers, only managing three points for the final five minutes of the game. Asesian, especially a rough one for the sharpshooter, he went over for 10 from the floor. Head coach Greg Gard.
1: I mean, anytime, anytime you're a shooter, you're going to go through great days and you're going to go through rough days. You know? And guys from, I remember Kirk Penny going 0 for something or 1 for a lot. Brevin Pritzel went over for 11 one night. I mean, it, you're going to have those moments. I mean, he's been doing so well as a
4: freshman. that. Now it's 7 and 9 in conference play. It's not going to get any easier for them to get into the NCAA tournament. Iowa waits up next coming up on Tuesday night. They go to Michigan next Saturday and their final home game will be against number 3 Purdue a week from Thursday. It wasn't all losses in Madison though on Saturday. Both men's and women's hockey with big wins, starting with the women an upset win over number one Ohio State in overtime, 6-5 to five the final, and the men defeat Michigan State, 6-2. to two. Speaking of Michigan State, Saturday were the first events for MSU Athletics since Monday's shooting in East Lansing that left three students dead and five others injured. The tragedy put a damper on the rivalry matchup with MSU in Michigan.
8: The game isn't bigger than what just happened, but hopefully we'll all do a better job trying to move forward so it doesn't happen again.
4: MSU head coach Tom Izzo speaking on Fox before the game. Michigan would win 84-72. And an NBA All-Star Saturday. The skills competition, the three-point shootout, and the dunk contest. No Giannis in the skills competition. His status for tonight's game is unclear. The Jazz win the skills. Damian Lillard wins the three-point shootout. And Mac McClung, yes, the G League guard, shocks the NBA with three perfect scores. And he might have saved the event in the process. NBA All-Star Game tonight at 6.30 on TNT. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports.
0: Thanks a lot, Dominic. It's 8.48. We are up to 39 degrees at WTMJ. And also coming up in just a couple minutes, it's Dwayne Dudek. And he's got news, oh, about everything entertainment, including... What movie is getting the lowest tomato rating? Ah, wait till you hear this one. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News.
5: WTMJ, W277 C V and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand
9: station.
0: start to the day. We're gonna get up to about forty six degrees as high as fifty in some areas around uh, around. Uh then those clouds are gonna move in right now. Thirty nine at WTMJ. And let's check in at eight fifty with entertainment critic Dwayne Dudek. And Dwayne, I think that moves that music is what the theme song for Ted Lasso?
8: Absolutely correct. Uh I thought it would be an appropriate way to begin the show. It's nice to have a little musical signature. Uh, It's, of course, uh, uh, announcing the much-anticipated third, you know, probably final season of Ted Lasso on March 15th on Apple TV. Episodes are going to drop weekly. Uh, The trailer has been released. It doesn't give away much, but there are some story threads, obviously, that need resolving from last season, uh, including, you know, smaller stories about the players, but, of course, the stars, Jason Sudeikis, Uh, Not much else to say about the show until it premieres on Apple Plus March 15th, but I know I'm looking forward to it, and this is a good time to catch up on it if you haven't seen it.
0: And I haven't, but you say it's worth it.
8: Uh, Oh, Uh, my God. Yeah. I
0: mean, I I haven't
8: ever really heard a discouraging (laughs) word. It's a little saccharine, I suppose, but it's uh, very uplifting at a time we need it.
0: I'm so behind th- times. My husband and I are finally getting around to binging Yellowstone. So what can I say? Uh, anyway. You have yeah, no. five Yeah, 5 years too late, right? All right, uh let's let's move on because um there's a new play at the rep and you know a lot about this case.
8: Well, I don't know a lot about it, but I was alive when it occurred, and I did have a tangential uh, encounter with it. You're talking about the Bembenic case. It's like Milwaukee is becoming the true crime capital of the world. You know, first there was the Dahmer miniseries uh, on Netflix, and now uh, the, the Milwaukee Rep has announced a play uh, based on the case of Lorenzia Bembenic um, with music by Bambi. singer-songwriter. Pardon, Bambi, right, right. Bambi better, right. A lot of people yeah. don't remember Bambi. Uh, the music, It's going to be a musical. The music's going to be by singer-songwriter, guitarist Gordon Gano of Milwaukee's uh, Violent Femmes. It's called Run, Bambi, Run, uh, written by the Oscar winner Eric Simonson, who did uh, Lombardi. And, of course, if you're familiar with the case, and even if you're not, the facts are the same. It's a true crime tale. Uh, Lorenzia uh was married to, in the 80s, was married to a cop, charged with his ex-wife's murder. Uh, framed, she said, by the MPD, escaped from prison, fled to Canada, returned. Her sentence uh, was time served, and she died in 2010. Now, uh, they've announced the play based on this. The Journal Sentinel has been covering this pretty uh, pretty well, Jim Higgins. Uh, but there already is a lot of bambinic content out there. There's an uh, Apple podcast on this case called Run, Bambi, Run. And in 1992, um, Timothy Busfeld and Lindsay Frost starred in a a TV movie based on it called Calendar Girl. And in 1993, Tatum O'Neill played Ben Benick on a TV movie called Woman on Trial with Bruce Greenwood. Now, you did mention I was briefly and tangentially uh, uh, involved in this. I wasn't really. I mean, I was assigned to report on the case as a rookie, but all I did was go down to their house in Oak Creek and ring the doorbell and Look into the car, parked in the driveway and take some notes. I went to the corner bar to see if anybody knew them. Uh, to, uh, my results were very disappointing to my editor. Uh, regardless of my modest uh, involvement, the story lives on clearly. And you can read about it a little more in the Journal Sentinel today.
0: When does that play debut? Uh,
8: next season. So okay. ninety nine, I'm sorry, 2000, <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> 2023, 24 season.
0: So we still have time to plan and get those tickets. All right. Uh, oh, for thanks sure. for updating us on that. That's, that sounds really interesting. All right. Uh, now, another local news, and that's the Oriental Theater. Tell us about that one.
8: Also, uh, the Oriental uh, Theater has confirmed uh, um, that it's been designated a uh, um, uh, national uh, – uh, it's been placed on the National Register of Historic uh, Places – uh, it looks pretty good uh, if you've been there for a, a 96-year-old. Um, the Oriental Theater on the east side was built during the Movie, movie Palace era uh, in, the, I think, 1927. It's sort of notable for its eastern motifs, uh, elephants, Buddhas. It's, uh, it's gorgeous and glorious and worthy of the designation. Uh, it's already on the State Register of Historic Places and now on the National Register of Historic Places. It's uh, currently owned and operated by Milwaukee Film, which restored it. Uh, and made other improvements and have made it the home of the film festival. So it's a a, a beautiful theater. It, it deserves to be uh, 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 on this list.
0: What's your favorite part about going to see a film at a theater like The Oriental?
8: Um, my favorite thing i mean obviously i'm drawn to i I don't go to the theater just see the theater i go to the theater to see the movie but being in the oriental when you're in the middle theater which is a giant and i don't know how many maybe 2,000, i don't know uh on a on a night when they're having a premiere of a festival film it's kind of an exhilarating experience and anybody who's been there and done that knows what i'm talking about
0: all right well speaking about big films there's a new release of an old film In a theater. You're going to
8: have to be more specific. Oh, Crouching Tiger. All
0: right. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one, Dwayne.
8: (laughs) You know, it is uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon has been re-released. It's a 2000 film that won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film uh, directed by An Lee. Uh, It's been restored in ultra uh, high definition 4K. Uh, it's currently playing in town, been re-released probably for a very, very, very short time, maybe this week only at the Majestic, the Ridge, at the Mayfair AMC, it won four Oscars. And it, I think the re-release is timed with the fact that Michelle Yeoh the actress who is in that film has been nominated for an Oscar this year for everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, it's a beautiful film. Uh, groundbreaking in my mind, in the sense that it, it was a crossover martial arts film. It's just a balletic a ballet, whatever that word you pronounce it, <laughs> a balletic martial arts choreography by uh, Yoon Wo-Ping, of course, directed by Ang Lee. And, um, you know, it's just some awe-inspiring action sequences. The character's, fight on top of terracotta roofs and atop an ocean of bamboo trees swaying in the wind, really uh, worth seeing on the big screen again, Uh, currently playing for a very short time in theaters.
0: A lot of people are fans of uh, some of those sitcoms that are considered to be classic, and there's a new place to see all of them, isn't there?
8: Yeah, I guess so, and I think it starts in March. Uh, There's a channel called, uh, uh, I think it's called um, Decades, uh, owned by... uh, Uh, The Reichel Company, the people who own uh, Channel 58, uh, they're switching the format of that digital over-the-air network. Um, It was decades. Now it's being called Catchy Comedy, which is a dumb name, but it it sort of points out that it's a sitcom-centric channel. It's going to be showing classic comedies like Lucy, Carol Burnett, um, Night Court, Laverne and Shirley, Cheers, Pepsi, Dick Van Dyke, All in the Family, Sanford and Son, Good Times. uh, So... That premieres in March at Channel 49.4 on the digital over-the-air uh, channel.
0: That should be a lot of fun. Well, you know, we talked, to, I think it was Halloween, where you went as Columbo to a masquerade party. <laughs> uh, but you've got, a, you've got a new favorite TV show that's sort of like Columbo.
8: Well, gosh, I hope you uh, get a chance to see this. If you haven't seen uh, Poker Face, I'm jealous, because you can, you can now binge seven episodes. I mean, I've been watching it week to week. It premiered seven weeks ago. Now there are seven, week, uh, seven episodes uh, uh, posted. It's on Peacock. Um, yeah, it's been described as the new Columbo. It's got some of the same elements. Or you could compare it to Murder, She Wrote, or even Monk. It's about a woman uh, uh, fleeing Las Vegas, where her ability to tell when people are lying Got her in trouble with the mob, so she drives across country to, uh, in flight, accidentally landing at different places every week where something shady is going on and she gets involved in. Uh, like Columbo, however, we see the crime up front, and over time it's revealed how and why and where she connects with it. It's a very clever, funny uh, show. It's got great guest stars. It's headed by uh, Natasha Leone. It's by the creator of Glass Onion, if you like. Kind of mysteries or of that ilk. You'll love this show.
0: I look forward to it. Now, finally, um, <laughs> this this one you, you, you I, this cracks me up. There's a movie getting the lowest tomato rating of any Marvel film. Tell us about that one.
8: Well, that would be Ant Man. Uh, you know, and I may have exaggerated that point. It's the second worst rating on Tomatoes. Uh, it's uh, Ant Man. Uh, it's going to make about a hundred million dollars over the holiday weekend. Uh, uh, and the reviews have been really negative. It's, it, they basically say it's got a good villain, but the movie is bad. Um, but it's only the second Marvel movie to earn a Rotten from Rotten Tomatoes, which is an aggregate uh, review site. Uh, it's slightly ahead of Eternals, which uh, was the lowest at 48%. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Eternals has 47% uh, approval, 48% for Ant Man, uh, and is still playing this weekend. I'll go see it tomorrow.
0: All right. Well, you have to tell us about it when you come back in a couple of weeks. Dwayne, it is always good to have you here. And, of course, you can follow Dwayne. You can check out his movie reviews anytime at The Dudic Abides on Twitter and Facebook. Dwayne Dudek, always great to have you here. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. And it is coming up to 9 o'clock, and when we get back, WTMJ's Brandon Snide is going to join us. Who's going into darkness for four days? And also, did the Brewers really win on that arbitration case involving Corbin Burns? It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. And I'm Libby Collins. Welcome back to Hour 2 of the Sunday Morning Edition of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Still ahead this hour, we're gonna hear about the top ten consumer complaints in Wisconsin for the past year. Can you guess what the number one is? Well, you'll find out in just a couple of minutes. But first, we have joining us this morning WTMJ's Brandon Snyder. Now a lot of you know him as Steve scafiti's producer, but starting tomorrow, he is the new sports person. I don't want to say sp- Person doing well. You you get what I mean. He's going to be doing sports on Wisconsin Morning News with Eric and and Vince and Brandon. Welcome this morning. How you doing?
7: I am great, Libby. It's a it's a pleasure to be joining you this morning. Thank you for having me.
0: I I gotta ask you about this because my husband has been having a fit now for several days because he's a <laughs> huge fan of the Brewers, and he is just. Apoplectic over this Corbin Burns arbitration deal. Can you break that down for us? Sure.
7: So, yeah, it's a very. If you're a Brewers fan, and if you're like me, and and it sounds like your husband there, Libby, you're you're very frustrated uh, as spring training kicks off down in Arizona. So, arbitration was started in the '70s. It was the idea behind it was to give players, um, you know, a, a control of what they think they can earn, right? So they can go into a notion and file. Hey, I, you know, I made $6 million last year, but I did really good uh, the year before and I want to make 8 million. So it's, it's a, it's a case where they can essentially petition to get a pay raise. So Corbin Burns went in there. Uh, Remember he's coming off his 2021 uh, Cy Young, you know, he pitched over 200 innings last year. Obviously, he's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. I've made the case that he's the Brewers' best pitcher, period. Um, so he went in and filed for $10.75 million. He made $6.5 million the year prior. Well, the Brewers didn't want to do that. They wanted to file at ten point zero one, which is a difference of $740,000 now. Doesn't sound like a lot of money, and a lot of people like me and, and your husband are frustrated because you potentially have – ruined your relationship your negotiation relationship with potentially your future with Corbin Burns and he has two years remaining on his contract now will this ruin negotiations down the block will he hold a grudge you know down the road it's it's it sounds like he it sounds like he will uh he was very frustrated he was very openly uh frustrated talking to reporters last week Thursday I believe Thursday or Friday I think it was Thursday uh, about what the case was and he essentially kind of told adam mccalvey todd rosiak the brewers uh, beat writers that the club kind of put him on blast in a courtroom now and keep in mind this is an open courtroom these are you know six individuals that come and sit in the courtroom and they hear these cases you know they, they look at the information presented in front of them and they make the ruling and the brewers go in there and they make the case why they should pay player a this money and the player comes in and says why he should make this money and they, they get together and they make a ruling and they favor in front of it to one person or the other. In this case, they favored for the brewers and Corbin Burns talked about that. It wasn't very good. He talked about the brewers blaming him for missing the playoffs in 2022. Mm. That's not good. Libby. It's not good. And you've had the year before. If you remember, Josh Hader was in the same situation. Corbin Burns was what happened with Josh Hader. He was traded at the deadline in August of 2022. He spoke uh, negatively about the organization and the financial ship that they run with their players. Eric Lauer, who's currently on the roster, has spoken negatively about how the organization handles their players. Lorenzo Cain has spoken about it, so it's an ongoing theme here in Milwaukee. And as you get ready for 2023, a team and a city and a fan base that has championship aspirations—I mean, they were a game away from a World Series not too long ago. I mean, and you know, you have an MVP. In Christian Yelich in 20, 2018. Corbin Burns, Cy Young in 2020, uh, 2021. You have really good players coming through this Milwaukee Brewers organization. The fan base is, is itching for a winner. And when you go into the start of the season, they haven't even started spring training yet. And you got your best pitcher not happy.
0: It's definitely not a good start. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you've ever worked anywhere where morale is bad... You don't have a good business model, and do you see this? Do you see this um, stretching over to the other players as well? That it's going to hurt everybody's morale. It, it
7: had an effect last year, and, and, and people will say it did not. I, I would highly disagree with them. It, it did. Uh, when Josh Hader was traded, it had a negative impact in the locker room. Eric Lauer spoke about it. I mentioned him earlier. Devin Williams, the Brewers. Setup man before Hader was uh, traded. Now he was the closer. After spoke about it. I mean, people were were definitely upset about the locker room. The clubhouse was definitely uh, shaken by it. So yeah, it's not only is it negatively impact. I think what you currently have, but down the road, right? If you go up to a free agent or a guy you maybe draft, you know, a high profile player, are they gonna in the back of their minds think "Eh, the Brewers are probably gonna lowball me at some point? I'm not gonna go there Mm -hmm. anymore or I'm not going to yes. think about going there. I mean, that's, that's, the real, that's the reality of it. And I get it from the Brewers' perspective. They're the smallest market in Major League Baseball, um, but they have a really, really strong fan base. They have a fan base that shows out there in the top ten uh, nationally in, in attendance. I mean, they show up for their team. They're supportive. You know, it's a, it's a passionate fan base, as you guys are all aware of. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to hurt negotiations, and I think that this all but cements a potential trade for Corbin Burns out of Milwaukee at some point prior to his contract expiring.
0: Yeah, not a good thing to do when they're asking the state for a whole lot of money. <laughs> uh, okay, all right, one other story I've got to ask you about, Brandon, because I know you're going to have to go, and that is Aaron Rodgers is in the dark.
7: That's apparently what we're under the <laughs> assumption of. So he's, so he's got some news <laughs> to come out of. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, this makes me laugh. But he's, he's going to go to a dark room in a foreign country with just a bathtub, and they're going slide, to slide food to him. I guess there's a toilet in there, too. A bathtub, a toilet, and they're going to slide food through his slot to him for several days.
7: Yeah, that's that's what it, apparently it is. I believe it's in Oregon. I could be mistaken, but oh, yeah. it isn't.
0: So, okay, it's not really a for, well. Oregon's right kind of out. Oregon is kind of a foreign country uh, to the rest of the United States. <laughs>
7: sure. Yeah, I think, but, I think he goes in there. I think he went in there. So he was on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, and he had made mention that he is going into the darkness. He calls a retreat, and I would use that term loosely. Uh, referring mm. to what he's uh, talking about, but he talked about going into his darkness retreat <laughs> later in the week. So I would imagine he's either in there now or he's getting ready to go. Maybe today, maybe he went yesterday. So it's it's close.
0: I'm going to leave you on that one. I just when you think Aaron Rodgers may have come back to us. He's out there again, isn't he? Hey, and Brandon! For,
7: <laughs> and, for Packers fans, and for Packers fans, I think after the darkness retreat is when you're going to get some clarity on your future in Green Bay. And I think yeah. uh, last year was March 8th. We're, cut, we're getting close. March 8th, he made his decision to come back to Green Bay. They restructured his contract. I think we're, we're coming up on that one-year mark, and I think you're going to have a, an answer here soon.
0: And I think a lot of people are just getting impatient with Aaron uh, all right, yes, listen, sure. you, you can see why he runs through so many girlfriends. All right, Brandon Stein, <laughs> we will be listening to you tomorrow morning on Wisconsin Morning News, doing the sports with Eric and Vince. Thanks so much for joining us this morning.
7: Thank you for having me, Libby. I appreciate it.
0: All right, we're running a little bit late. It is seventeen, thirty nine 39 degrees at WTMJ, and we've got Dominic Catronio in sports coming up right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. We're starting out with some sun this morning. Those clouds will increase as the day goes on. Uh, But our temperatures are going to be great. We're going to get rid of some of that snow today with a high of 46. Some areas might even hit 50 degrees today. Then tonight, cloudy. Down to 28. Tomorrow looks mostly cloudy. We do have a chance of a light p.m. mix uh, with a high of 40 degrees. Then on Tuesday, partly cloudy and breezy, a chance of snow later in the day with a high of 35. And then Wednesday and Thursday, a wintry mix is likely 34 for a high on Wednesday, 37 on Thursday. Right now in Brookfield, we have 40 degrees. In Richfield, it's 39. Delafield's at 39. We have 40 degrees at WTMJ at 925. Looking back at 2022, there were a lot of people who were taken advantage of. And joining us is Michelle Reinen from DATCAP. And you've got the list of the top 10 consumer complaints of 2022. And
3: let's start with number 10, Michelle. Where were you getting a lot of calls? Coming in at number 10 was the motor vehicle sales. And this includes both new and used vehicle sales. We received 184 complaints about these types of transactions, and a lot of them are reports of inadequate disclosures and deceptive and misleading representations in direct mail flyers. This is a category that we share interest in with the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. So depending upon the issue, we are exchanging complaints on this matter. All right, let's take a look at number nine. Number nine, furniture, home furnishings. I know this one's thrown people off because it's not been in the top 10 in the past, but 189 individuals filed complaints about issues, including a failure to provide services and goods, failing to honor vendor policies, and not delivering those services and goods. And of course, there were always these deceptive and misleading representations in the complaints as well. What we saw at the beginning of the year was that a number of individuals were really looking at refurbishing furniture, reinvesting, you know, reuse, recycle types concept versus purchasing new furniture. And because of certain workforces issues, as well as supply chain issues, They weren't delivering on those services and goods, and that's really where we saw the complaint issues come about.
0: Well, I think number eight is a
3: little bit of surprise to some people as well, Michelle. Yeah, number eight is new to the list this year. Health and medical devices and products, 217 complaints involving billing disputes, delivery failure, and concerns with refund and adjustment policies. I want people to think about some of the advertisements they've seen um, recently in, in relation to medical products that you can get by mail now or go online and order. And that's what this category is about that industry where people can just order those things rather than going to the store. It might be diabetic equipment or incontinence products come to your doorstep now. And we saw a real failure to deliver some of those goods from the consumer complaints that we received this year.
0: Well, the next one is a post-pandemic problem, I see. Number seven.
3: Yeah, number seven, travel. This is a bundle of services here, whether it be rental vehicles, airlines, the hotel, motels, or Even the companies that put these bundles together for you, 224 complaints in 2022 about billing disputes, refunds, adhering to policies that they may have related to those travel packages and a real failure to return deposits and payments. We're watching, making sure that any credits that have been issued during the pandemic are being honored or refunds issued. So we want people to keep watch on this and file complaints if they're having trouble in this area.
0: We're taking a look at the top 10 consumer complaints of 2022 in the state of Wisconsin with
3: Michelle Rynan from DATCAP. And let's take a look at number six, Michelle. Medical services is number six. We've seen an increase from previous years in this category. 440 complaints reporting issues, including billing disputes, again, deceptive representations and unsatisfactory service. I want to make sure everyone's aware that this category is not about the choice of treatment a doctor is giving you, but it's really about the billing experience and what's covered and not and what's represented as being covered. We did see a change in the law take effect at the beginning of the year. It's called surprise billing or the Surprise Billing Act. And this really helps those who are uninsured know what to expect in a medical bill and the disclosures that need to be made. So we do think that new law being in place did lead to an increase in some complaints here. All right, how about number five? Identity theft, 513 complaints, a pretty steady number from year to year, although it is a decrease from last year. But this is really making sure that your identity is protected and individuals who think that they've been impacted by a data breach may have reached out and filed a complaint or maybe they found something on their credit report that is inaccurate and they've struggled with the company to get that corrected. So we really encourage consumers to monitor their identity all through 2023.
0: Well, number four looks like that's a little bit of a surprise as well.
3: Yeah, telecommunications received 655 complaints, and this is up slightly from the previous year. Consumers reported issues surrounding billing disputes, unfair termination of services, misleading representations, and again, refund or adjustment policies. And some even struggled to cancel services. So Just as a reminder for everyone, telecommunications can be anything from your cell phone to your cable or your satellite or even your Internet provider. So it's a pretty big bundle of services.
0: And when we get back after the news, Michelle's going to have the top three consumer complaints in Wisconsin for 2022. It's 930 and we're going to have news in just a minute. It's all ahead of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Welcome back to the final half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Um, let's see, It's as Finn was telling you, it's going to be pretty nice the early part of the day. And then, of course, going to get a little bit cloudy. But uh, our temperature is 46 for a high, maybe reaching 50 degrees. Right now we have 41 at WTMJ at 937. Well, we promised you those top three consumer complaints to the state of Wisconsin with Michelle Reinan from DATCAP.
3: And Michelle, let's take a look at what's number three. Number three, home improvement comes in with 1,216 complaints. This is more than doubled the volume from previous Year, the top issues reported really were a failure to provide services and materials, failing to honor warranties or properly disclose lien waiver requirements, and again, deceptive and misleading representations. We saw some complaints about poor workmanship and improper installation, and of course, there were billing disputes at the end of the day. You know, there was a great impact of supply chain shortages at the beginning of the year, and why we saw those complaints, and again, employment issues at the beginning of the year, and contractors not being able to follow through with those contracts and get things completed on time. And so that did lead to a number of complaints in this category and why we anticipate the doubling of complaints. Wow, that's amazing. Now, what about number two? Number two, telemarketing. People probably shouldn't be surprised at this, but they might be surprised by the number, 1,651 complaints. It's actually a decrease in the number of complaints. Again, this is when you receive that robocall that you weren't expecting, the automation behind it asking you to press buttons, someone calling, phishing for your information, that caller ID being misrepresented or spoofed. Certainly those individuals who are trying to sell you something over the phone and you're on the do not call list, so you shouldn't even be receiving that solicitation again there was a decrease in this category and we do think that efforts and laws that were put in place at the end of 2019 the trace act requiring telecommunications providers to authenticate those phone numbers is one of the reasons why we are seeing a decrease in the number of complaints because we do believe there are less calls being circulated out there and we're seeing that trend nationally as well so we want to make sure that this isn't a result of people not reporting complaints. So if you're receiving these calls, be sure you are still filing those complaints and letting us know about it.
0: All right. Well, we're going to ask our producer, Isaac Marcourt, who is a drummer, to give us a big drum roll on this one. The number one top consumer complaint in 2022
3: in the state of Wisconsin is... Landlord-tenant issues. 1,912 complaints about disputes between landlords and tenants that just couldn't be resolved between the parties. Just a slight increase from the previous year, but because of the decrease in telemarketing complaints, landlord-tenants slid into the number one slot. It's really issues surrounding that security deposit return, evictions, unauthorized entry or notice of entry, some complaints of mold damage and inadequate disclosures, and then unsatisfactory service as it relates to repairs. We have tools to help landlords and tenants. It's called our Landlord-Tenant Guide, and that's available for free. It's on our website. We know that this is a leading issue because we see more than 50,000 visits to our website on this category and topic, and it's the leading issue on our consumer hotline, asking questions. And so we do have that guide available to help individuals in this area, but again, if you're unable to resolve an issue, you can file a complaint with consumer protection.
0: Michelle, I know that your office receives tens of thousands of requests for assistance every single year, and last year you worked to resolve more than 11,000 consumer complaints. If anybody out there wants to reach you,
3: let's give that consumer hotline. That's 1-800-422-7128. Or, again, you can go to our website at datcp.wi.gov and file your complaint directly online without talking to a staff person or access any of our resources. Michelle Reinen from DATCAP, always great to have you here. Well, thanks. I love being here. Thanks.
0: It's 942, 41 degrees at WTMJ. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to tell you where and when you can... Put in to adopt those puppies that were found in Mequon. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. After all that snow this week, you're waking up to some sunshine, and maybe some of it's going to melt because we're going to get up to 46 degrees. Some areas might hit as high as 50 today. Those clouds are going to roll in, and then tonight, cloudy 28. Tomorrow, not as nice under cloudy skies. Only 40 for a high with a chance of a light mix later in the day. Right now, 41 degrees at WTMJ. Well, Finn Askin, you covered this story, I know, Monday night. The Wisconsin Humane Society says, what, four, was it four puppies or, that were found in Mequon? What a what a horrible story. Tell us about that one.
6: I know, yeah. So they found four puppies, quote, running amok and just in a forest area near a river in Mequon. Um, so you got Love, Amar, and Liev, and Brad, excuse me, all four of them are with the Wisconsin Humane Society. And they said they're all doing well and they're all going to be okay. Uh, they just need two to three weeks of foster care before they're healthy enough to be adopted.
0: All right, so tell us, if anybody's interested in adopting these mixed-breed puppies, what they can do.
6: Right, so you can contact the Wisconsin Humane Society. The Love, Amar, and Liev are on hold until today, so you can go ahead and adopt them already today, but they still do need two to three weeks of that foster care, so you can adopt them, but they need to be on hold for a little longer and then Brad can be, is on hold until February 22nd. But again, you have to wait those two to three weeks before you can physically pick them up and take them home.
0: Well, oh, I saw pictures of them. I know. They are really adorable.
6: Adorable. I
0: love, I love puppies. All right, Finn, thank you so much <laughs> for letting us know about that. And again, those are all available through the Wisconsin Humane Society. 946, you're just a bit away from Dominic Catronio in sports. It's all I had on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News.
4: Wisconsin men's basketball could not buy a bucket, especially Connor, Asijan, and company. They fall 58-57 to Rutgers, only managing three points for the final five minutes of the game. Asijan, especially a rough one for the sharpshooter, he went 0-10 for 10 from the floor. Head coach Greg Gard.
1: I mean, anytime, anytime you're a shooter, you're going to go through great days and you're going to go through rough days. You know and guys from, I remember Kirk Penny going 0 oh, for something or 1 oh, for a lot. Brevin Pritzel went over oh, for 11 one night. I mean, it, you're going to have those moments. I mean, he's been doing so well as a freshman. That-
4: now it's 7-9 and nine in conference play. It's not going to get any easier for them to get into the NCAA tournament. Iowa waits up next coming up on Tuesday night. They go to Michigan next Saturday. And their final home game will be against number 3 Purdue a week from Thursday. It wasn't all losses in Madison though on Saturday. Both men's and women's hockey with big wins, starting with the women, an upset win over number one Ohio State in overtime, six to five the final, and the men defeat Michigan State six to two. Speaking of Michigan State, Saturday were the first events for MSU Athletics since Monday shooting in East Lansing that left three students dead and five others injured. The tragedy put a damper on the rivalry matchup with MSU in Michigan.
8: The game isn't bigger than what just happened. Hopefully, we'll all do a better job trying to move forward so it doesn't happen again.
4: MSU head coach Tom Izzo speaking on Fox before the game. Michigan would win 84-72. And an NBA All-Star Saturday. The skills competition, the three-point shootout, and the dunk contest. No Giannis in the skills competition. His status for tonight's game is unclear. The Jazz win the skills. Damian Lillard wins the three-point shootout. And Mac McClung, yes, the G-League guard shocks the NBA with three perfect scores. And he might have saved the event in the process. NBA All-Star Game tonight at 6:30 on TNT. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports.
0: Thanks a lot, Dominic. Uh well, you know, we talk with Mark Cass every sunday morning but how much do you really know about mark he is the interview subject on today's wtmj conversations and we'll hear a little bit from mark right after this it's all ahead of wisconsin weekend morning news
5: wtmj w277 cv and wkti hd2 milwaukee from the annex wealth management studios this is news radio wtmj a good karma brand station
0: Sunny Sunday morning, and uh, those clouds are going to come in later on today, but we're going to get up to about 46 degrees. Parts of the areas might hit as high as 50 degrees, mostly cloudy tonight, down to 28. Tomorrow looks mostly cloudy. Chance of a mix late in the day with a high of 40. Then Tuesday, partly cloudy, breezy. We're going to only have 35 degrees with another chance for snow late in the day. And then Wednesday and Thursday, that wintry mix will probably return with a high on. Wednesday of 34, 37 on Thursday. Right now, Sheboygan is 39. Franklin's at 40. Tosa's at 41. We have 40 degrees at WTMJ at 953. Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, is known for his insightful analysis of the business community throughout southeastern Wisconsin. But exactly how did he get his start in journalism? What was the very first really big story you covered?
2: I mean, I covered a lot of sports news in the early days. I remember I covered the Bucks. I covered some of the playoff games because I was a sports intern for them. But really, probably the large stories I got to was when I went out and worked at Waukesha Freeman. And I covered two things. I'll say one is good and one was awful. I'll start with a good, and that is I got to cover a president, and that was Reagan. And to cover a president was pretty cool for a 23-year-old reporter. And I remember thinking, man, what a great speaker. What an incredible speaker. And then I looked at my notes. and didn't say anything. But he was such a great speaker that I was enthralled by it. So that was really cool. On the other side, I covered a stabbing of a 14-year-old of his 12-year-old brother because he was playing the radio too loud. Again, a horrible story. And this is one of the things you learn as a young reporter. They asked me to go, and I had to go knock on the door and try to speak with the mother. Thank God she said, I don't want to talk to you. She was very nice about it. And inside, I'm saying, thank you for saying that because I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it. It was my job. And so I walked away. But I always remember that because it framed, again, how hard the job could be. And I didn't want to talk to her yet, but it was my job. But there's other times when I was a young reporter where I was able to speak with the family, and it actually helped them, I think, to speak to me. I remember those really well.
0: And you can join me today at 11 when we discover more about one of the most popular journalists in southeastern Wisconsin, Mark Cass. It's all on WTMJ Conversations. It's 955. Ooh, 41 degrees. Is that a fact? <laughs> Maybe as high as 50 in some areas today. 46 for high. Uh, we've got and just... Uh, Couple minutes after the news, coming up the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard. And he's got a special guest today filling in for David. Tim Holdman's going to be here. And, and Brian, I got to ask you I've been listening um, and I heard your most recent radio spot for the super simple below market 30 year fixed rate money. How do you qualify for that one?
9: By not making too much income. Oh. So, the trend here in mortgage lending in 2023 is let's give better deals to people that don't make too much money um and then also oddly uh people putting less down might get a better deal than people putting more money down is that the weirdest thing you've ever heard of Tim
7: uh yeah it seems a little counterintuitive but they're trying to maybe uh, level the playing field a little bit uh, and give a little bit cheaper borrowed money to people that might not have as much uh, in reserve. So the
9: the best stuff we have going right now, 5.875. This is the widest net uh, that we have available. You don't have to be a first-time home buyer to get that 5.875 with no points. And it's based on household income, Libby. So if you're a three- or more-person household, you can make up to $127,440. That's a pretty wide net, and oh, yeah. if you're a one, to, no, one to two person household, you can make up to one hundred and eight thousand five hundred and sixty dollars per year and qualify for that super special five point eight seven five money. So again, that's for first time home buyers and move up buyers. Uh, you can put as little as three percent down, uh, which makes the APR like six point oh five or something like that, because then you'd have to pay PMI. Um, But you could put 40% down if you want to. And the other really cool thing is if you're putting 20% or more down, there's no adjustment for credit scores. So that's, you know, in typical mortgage lending, if you have a lower credit score, you get a worse rate. But with this super special, super simple money that we have available, again, based on income, you could have as low as a 620 FICO score, which is pretty low, and you're going to get the same deal as if you had 780. And that's rare. So we're trying to promote that and make people aware of it. And, and you know,
0: it's
9: all about helping people fit into buying their, their homes. And we're having oh. a lot of success.
0: I was going to say, and really, when you said it was for lower income, I was thinking it was going to be low, low income. But a lot of people would qualify under those conditions that you're describing.
9: Correct. And so, you know, mortgage lending has become more and more complicated, uh, really just in the last three months. And so Tim's going to have a story to share with everybody where, oh, his clients didn't qualify for that, but... By actually leaving somebody off the application, we were able to fit them into what I'm gonna call the next best bucket of money. And uh, we'll share with you how much that maneuver was able to save those folks. We've got that plus an update on where rates ended the week um, and more stories, we love stories. We'll see you right after the news.
0: And we'll be listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Libby Collins, and I'll return right after that at 11 with WTMJ Conversations. We're talking with journalist Mark Cass today. It's all ahead right here on WTMJ.